everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. And we have a big, huge, bombshell doomsday episode for you this week. Dateline put it together in a jiff because mere hours after the verdict was in, in the Lori Vallow Daybell case, they released their episode. Yeah, it was three hours. I mean, how fast did they do this? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But they have a lot more people than we do. So we shouldn't get down on ourselves for not being able to accomplish things like that. They have a lot of people. I'm not I down me- on I it. immediately feel bad. But they have a team. We're a two-person team. What is going on with you? And, and since when do we cover breaking news? We do. I mean, if it had been... We don't cover news. If it had been a surprising verdict, I feel like we would have had to have come on and made a statement. We would. As in, would. the jury got it wrong. <laughs> Here's why. What if people wanted a statement from us? How funny would that be? Do you want statements on things like that? You don't they, want What that. they want is they'll be like, I cannot believe this person's facial hair. I can't wait to hear what Kimberly and Katie have to say about it. But they're never like, I can't wait. What do you guys feel about Palestine? Like They don't want those See, that's what I feel bad about. Yeah. Shameful. Palestine. Not Palestine. I mean, I feel bad that people don't want any information from oh, us okay. of a serious nature. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you, we can feel bad about Palestine as well. We feel bad about Palestine. That is our statement. So there you go. this episode is called The Trial of Lori Vallow Daybell. Interestingly enough, this episode was supposed to be about the Idaho Four, but it was a different Idaho because of the verdict came in. What's going on in Idaho? The two biggest Idaho cases in history. What's happening over there? I don't know. Idaho, are you okay? I don't think so. Just let us know if you're okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Blink twice. We are going to be going over a lot of this stuff pretty quickly because we've been over it many times before, as is Dateline. So they're going over it very quickly. If you want to catch up and you don't know what we're talking about... I made a Spotify playlist of all of our past episodes on this case. There have been many. Four, I think. No, more, I think. So. Wow. Or at least one we divided up into two episodes. Maybe that's why there are more. And then I even included the interview we did with Keith Morrison where he talked about Lori. So Mm. I even put that on the Spotify playlist. So you could, it's all in one place. So this episode aired. May 12th, 2023, season 31, episode 31, which is when numbers are the same. It's weird. It's like something's in the air. It's Lori Valley. Ooh, and I don't like it that it's on this one. I know. Mm, it's not great. This episode is hosted by Keith Morrison and Nate Eaton. Let's be real. We were excited to see you again, Nate. A date with Nate. Mm-hmm. There we go. The most important, exciting thing ever is that... Did you notice at the beginning, Mr. Lester Holt Mm -hmm. is wearing a vest again, Yeah, but also wearing a hanky? He's messing with you. He is trying to screw with my mental health. And well done, sir. Done. Mark it off your checklist. You did it. It's messed with. And he's not wearing a tie. So it's just a lot of white open space up top like crisp whiteness from the shirt and then the vest with the big buttons and then the hanky. What? He's like, you think you know me, but you don't know me. Maybe he's seen my tweets. It's possible. I doubt it. Maybe Mank has said something to him. I think it's more, he's just trying about a bunch of new things. Yeah. He's going through something. It's fine. I really liked it. 
You did. I was a big fan of this, of the two. Mm-hmm. You were. I was. Interesting. I prefer it with a tie, I have to say. It's too much white, blank white space. Well, I didn't, so we're a split. We're a split yeah. decision on this. On it happens this a lot. Today. So it Keith, doesn't actually happen that often, but it's nah, happening it now. It felt like something I should say, but it doesn't. So <laughs> Keith says, here we are at the climax. Don't say climax, Keith. No. Nope. We're going to get enough of that later. No, we don't like of that. Of one of the most astonishing tales we've ever covered. And we see news footage talking about the case of Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell, including Lester from NBC Nightly News and Craig Melvin. We have a twofer. Double Dateline hosts in their normal jobs doing I the like news. That. I like it. I wish Natalie Morales was in there. That would be exciting. Aww. So she is the most infamous woman in the country. Lori, not Natalie. Man, sorry, Natalie Morales. Sorry, apologies. And now we have the story of her ascent, her imagined ascent to the ranks of the gods and her fall to earth told at her trial with revelations and proofs and private phone calls and never-before-seen videos. I love that Keith says imagined ascent to the ranks of the gods, because what if it actually was true? Boy, would we all have egg on our face. That would be a terrifying day. And locusts and things. Fire from the heavens, not from the loins, but fire. And just fire on our faces and flames just from embarrassment. Be like, sorry, Lori, we got it wrong. We've been making fun of you this whole time. Turns out you were a goddess. I would still not believe. (laughs) Even if it was right in front of you. If you saw her ascend. If you were in the the TV show The Leftovers, you would not believe. I would think it was a trick. (laughs) I would think, where's David Blaine? Where's David Blaine? Didn't he used to do stuff like that? He used to float. That's what I thought. He totally used to float. A love affair cloaked in religion, cloaked in death. He has... He's bringing the one-liners tonight. Mm -hmm. And we are here at a trial of a woman preoccupied by celestial judgment is now facing the judgment from 12 very human jurors. Get it? It's good. It's good wordplay. I liked it. He makes a lot of sort of shady comments about her being not a goddess. Yeah, he's the shade meister in this episode Mm -hmm. for sure. We see her as a Mrs. Texas contestant, which is only relevant and worth pointing out because it's funny to see how far she's fallen at the trial. Correct. <laughs> and since she's terrible, we can shame her a lot. So we might. So Lori quickly was 22, already on her second husband. Keith loves to shade people about that. That's his favorite kind of shading. She's this age and has been married this many times. Yeah. She had Colby. Then she had Tylee. Then she married Char- Charles Vallow, who was very good to the kids. He converted to the Church of Latter-day Saints. They adopted his sister's grandson, I think. W- once again, we've done this so many times, and it's still so confusing to me. I believe Charles's sister is Kay and her husband, Larry Woodcock. They had a son who had a boy, JJ, and the son couldn't take care of him. And the grandparents were raising him, but they were older and he had autism. So Charles and Lori adopted him. And I think that makes J.J. Charles's grand nephew. Great nephew? Is that a thing? I'm not sure. Okay. Yes. 
So they were, Lori and Charles were a blended family with three kids. Lori got obsessed into the end times. She went off the end times. She went off the deep end times. Yeah, there we go. I couldn't get there. Mm -hmm. She went to a spiritual conference for a group called Preparing a People. No. She locked eyes. No. With a super sexy. No. Doughy. Big toe of a man. Chad Daybell. And I learned from a woman named Susan on Twitter that many people in the true crime community call him Chud. And I don't know how I missed that. I have also now heard Chad Dumbbell, which, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm a little bit grumpy Chud that, I, Dumbbell. that I didn't get there. Let's I'm grumpy that you or I didn't get there. Yeah, no, you more. You, that's on you. But I also, I need someone else to be mad at. It can't just be me in this. I feel like right. you could have got, you're smart enough to have gotten to Dumbbell. <laughs> I'm smart enough to have gotten to Chud, and I didn't. But he looks like a Chud. He definitely does look like a Chud. So this was in 2018. Again, this all started only five years ago. That is wild to me when I hear that. I know. It feels like it's been a decade. 100%. Okay. Because for most families, all of this drama would take place over generations. This would be like, you know, this would be the Murdoch that you had passed down through StoryWorth for generations to come. It yes. would be. But this all happened in like a year period. No, the Murdochs were the tree, yeah. were the roots of the Savannah Moss <laughs> is deep and thick. Chad and Lori met, locked eyes, a magnetic force pulled them together. No. And finally, we get to see our favorite, Nate Eaton, who's the reporter who's been on this from the beginning from the East Idaho News, and Eric Grossarth, his redheaded little nephew intern, who we love. We love them both. I'm sorry, is Nate Eaton also covering the Idaho Four? No. But that guy with the swoopy hair, John, John, who started following us. No, it's just John, I think. It's just John. Who's just, who started following us on Instagram, and he's delightful and liked what we said about his hair and his fancy scarves. He is following it very religiously. I think Nate is full-time Vallow all the time. I mean, it hasn't stopped. I hope he gets a vacation soon. Has NBC or Dateline considered hiring Nate Eaton? I feel like he'd be great. I don't know what he would do, but if you needed somebody on the scene, maybe Nate Eaton. Apparently, there's a lot of murders in Idaho, so they could use someone on the ground there. He should be. I mean, they have NBC affiliates everywhere, so they have like their people. NBC Nate line. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write a letter. (laughs) It needs to happen. So Chud was a sexton at a cemetery, a grave digger, which is so ironic when you really think about it. And a self-published author, and I added the self-published. Keith did not say self-published, and I kept waiting for him to say self-published. It's an important note. It's self-published, guys. It's his wife, Tammy, helped him publish them. Amazon Books. Yeah. So he was married to Tammy. They had five kids. They lived in Rexburg, Idaho, because he thought that the other saints were all going to be called there to ride out the end times. When he met Lori, he called her a goddess. He told her she had powers. She went home and told her husband, Charles, I am supernatural and I can fly to other planets. And Charles was probably like, go ahead, Lori. No one is stopping you. I heard Jupiter is nice this time of year. Spread your wings, baby. Yeah. So she threatened to murder Charles because the zombie, Nick Schneider, was invading his body. Remember who the fake is Nick Schneider? That was one of the texts that Charles was sending to his friend. Also, 
If you are so dead. confused at this point, it's very important you go back and you listen have to, go to back. Dayline, where are the children. Dayline um, assumed you knew everything about this case when they did right. this episode. It's involved. There are multiple murders. There are demons with names. So it, it does can't get, be it's a your little first bit, intro. It's a little bit like Tolkien's The Silmarillion, which I tried to read. It's like that. It's just a long, sordid history of battles and demons. Yeah. There we go. That's a great way to describe it. Mm-hmm. So, and I also was thinking, I maybe I've mentioned it before, and it's, or a lot of this I probably have mentioned before. What if the, there are must be real Nick Schneiders out there, like just going about their job, like trying to work at a dry cleaners, putting themselves through optometry school, and people are like calling them like what Nick Schneider? Like I would up say. There. There are probably 10,000 Nick Schneiders in the tri-state area. <laughs> and in Los Angeles, at least Imagine you go to the eye doctor and it is a Nick Schneider. I'd be like, don't, I don't want your hands near my eyes. I'm scared. But I don't think anybody knows this case as well as we do. But I would... Our listeners know. Our listeners, true. be on the lookout for a Nick Schneider. Don't harass them by any means. They don't deserve that. What's going to be funny is in 10 years from now, this case is going to be sort of long gone, hopefully, right. hopefully, and yeah. then we're going to meet a Nick Schneider somewhere. We're going to be like, that name sounds so familiar, <laughs> and we're not going to be able to place it. And then you you're going to go home and type it into past? your notes and see that it was the demon of Charles Vallow. I wonder, that's a real test to if we move on with our lives and just... If I ha- maybe have a life and my life doesn't revolve around Dateline at that time, right. if I will have moved on. That's a great test. Yep. Okay. I'm probably going to fail. I think you won't. I think that'll be <laughs> it. Where is that name? So nine months after meeting Chud in 2019, she calls her brother Alex. Alex is very important to this story, in case you don't remember. And he is maybe definitely in love with his sister, per Kimberly's and many other people's theories. Yeah. So she asked Alex to come over because she has this now contentious separation with Charles. And Charles comes over to pick up the kids. And before you know it, Alex shoots Charles in quote unquote self-defense. And we've all seen the body cam footage of Lori joking to the cops like, hey, I'm new in the neighborhood. Hey, neighbors. Sorry about all the murder that's happening right away. Sorry. So the timeline is that he turns into a demon like in 2018 and then is shot dead in 2019. Is that kind of where we are? Or does that um, this happen? No, it happens months? pretty quickly, but it's only nine months from meeting Chud that Charles is dead. That Charles is dead because he is not actually Charles anymore, according to Lori. He's a zombie. He's yeah. a zombie. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Lori and Tylee, her daughter, and Alex, the brother, talk to the police. They all say it was self-defense. Lori left her husband's body on the floor and her brother there and took the kids to school and to Burger King, which is makes this our second Burger King episode in a row. Mm. And says she went into mom mode. I didn't like that. Yeah, mom mode means just taking your kids to school and get them a hash browns. I don't like Lori Vallow saying mom mode. No. Because your mom mode is, is horrendous. Horrendous. And has horrible consequences. Is this the first time that we see Alex's interrogation footage? No, we've seen it before. I never noticed that we see the hit on the back of his head in that police room. I remember only seeing it on the curb, but you see it real clear that he was struck with something in the back of the head. Yeah, he's bleeding, but not from a baseball bat. 
Definitely not His that hard. His skull would be cracked open if it yeah, was a baseball bat. He would be stitches. Yeah. It, this is like a little, like someone hit him with, I don't even know, like a paintbrush? I don't know. Right. Like nothing. <laughs> like your scalp black. bleeds a like lot a more than other parts of your body. Oh, yeah. Which we learned from the owl theory. And <laughs> hashtag Rebecca Lavoie is on Team Owl, by the way. Oh, boy. Yeah. So she's tried to convince everyone, too. It's really fun. And she's very smart. I feel like she has more credibility than we do. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, I agree. So I think Kevin might be on Team Owl, too. I'm not sure. So Kevin might not admit to being on Team Owl. Yeah. We're going to need a private confirmation of that. And then we're never going to be allowed to say. Exactly. That's going to be frustrating. Also, what is a scrum? Use it in a sentence. Keith says, quite a scrum then in the hallway. Is it like a melee? I think it is, but I've never heard... Like a scuttle? Yeah, scuttlebutt. I've never heard scrum before, though, and I was all a tither. I thought that was a great word. It sounds like scrim or scrimmage, which reminds me of like rugby, which reminds me of fighting, which brings me back to fighting. It is fighting. There was a scrum. Oh, But it sounds like it should be scrumble or something. Nope. Anyways. I love it. Scrummy. So Chud (laughs) was the leader of the Church of the Firstborn. No. Which I we never I don't know if we ever really analyzed that name. Like why is it called that? I don't remember it being called that. See, this was new information well, to me this episode. The podcast episode. was preparing the people and some of the group was called Preparing the People, but the Church of the Firstborn, Lori is not a firstborn. Her firstborn is Colby, who's the only one who survived. Is there something there? I think because times in the Bible it's like they kill the firstborn and then he makes Lori kill her children. I don't know. Sometimes in the Bible, they kill their first. I don't know. Like Are some, you sometimes. aware of that happening? I feel like it involves your people. Yeah, it's during Passover. God was doing it to punish the Pharaoh. And so the Jews put blood on their door, a mark on their door, so that the angel of death would pass over and their firstborn would be saved. Correct. But like... Their firstborns did get everybody else's firstborns got killed. She knows the story, folks. But so I'm saying, is there anything, does it have to do with that? I can only assume it's some warped version of that. Yeah. But wasn't Moses asked to sacrifice his firstborn? Are you talking about Abraham? Yeah. Yeah. But then didn't. Right. But it was a test. So I do think it has something to do with that sort of testing. Why are they pushed together like one word? Why is it capital F-I-R-S-T, lowercase b-o-r-n? I don't know. He's a self-published author, Katie. I don't know what you want. I just feel like that might have something to do with it. I, it would be even more suspicious if it was spelled B-O-U-R-N-E. Like the Bourne identity? Uh, yes, exactly. First Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense because people think like maybe National, what's that movie? The National Treasure could be oh, real. sure. Yeah, yeah. You know? The, the like, treasure hunt. Yeah. Uh-huh. People are looking for the Holy Grail and stuff. Then maybe they think there is some secret in the first Bourne movie. Chad is a little wacky and has some wacky ideas that he seems to... He either believes them all or believes none and is a complete charlatan. Yeah. But if he does believe them all, I could see him believing, believing a movie is real. For sure. And yeah. Matt Damon needs to beware if you're listening, Matt. Yeah, Matt Damon, you're in danger, girl. Yeah. So... Chad and Lori apparently have been married many times in other lives, and they and the 144,000 had to prepare for the second coming of Jesus. Jesus is like, don't wait for me, guys. If I'm coming, it's not for you. 
But there's only 144,000. There's 144,000 chosen to be a part of this in right. case you're new here. Charles had turned dark, which means he was possessed by evil spirits and turned into a zombie. And then we get to see those podcasters that aren't us. Remember them? The hidden true crime podcast. The fancy ones. Married couple. And do they have some sort of fireplace in the ground? Like They a have like, it outdoor- does seem to be like an outdoor pit with candles. They put candles on top of it. So maybe it's that kind with like the glass. Is it the glass kind with the I'm not sure. blue? I thought they were inside with just candles everywhere. I know that you want a van. Yeah. But could I talk you into doing that instead in your apartment backyard? <laughs> Considering I rent? No. We, yeah, we could just Considering take pictures I don't even back there and pretend like it's much more lavish than it is. Yeah, I would okay, rather cool. have grass that actually grows back there. Okay. So Charles sadly had begged for help from police. It's on body cam footage. He Ugh. goes and tells them, my wife thinks I'm a zombie. She's threatening to kill me. They did not take it seriously. And in other datelines, they've gone over the fact that they did bring her in and they made her take a psych test and she passed and she charmed the pants off of the cops because she is blonde and pretty and white. She's and also confident. At- no, I think she's just confident. I think she goes in and acts like nothing's wrong. Uh-huh. This is <gasps> and so, so silly. you believe it too, because somebody is acting like that. So it makes you feel like if you make a big deal about it, you're the dumb one, right. not them. Yeah. You are. It's but cops should sneaky. not fall for tricks like that. So Lori and her brother, Alex, had texted that they were going to get rid of Ned. There was going to be like a removal. Then we learned that Chad slash Chud and Lori got self-sealed in a temple, which is unheard of. Super kind of blasphemous. He just says all sorts of things. He just is giving people honors that only like a higher up person in the church should do and self-sealing them in this like holy marriage. And our little ginger Eric gets some lines, which I was very happy about. I'm always happy whenever he gets to talk. Yeah. So there were crimson flags in the story of self-defense where Alex is saying it was self-defense when he killed Charles. The stories didn't match up. The times didn't match up. Alex is lying about several things, but police totally fall for it. They offer Lori a victim's advocate at the police station. And a few hours after Charles's death, Chud calls a funeral home. To ask about the price of cremation. Charles does. Ch- sorry. Chud does. He calls. And Keith says. Chud wouldn't have made it as a secret agent. Which is one of his many shades of both Chud and Lori. Which brings me back to the first born, born identity, identity theory. Firstborn. Wanted to be a secret agent really bad. Yeah, but he sucks. Because the lady goes, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. And Chud says, thank you. He's the worst. He's so bad. And then he misspells his name. Like he's trying to change his name halfway through the call. Like first he says Chad Daybell. Then he says Chad Dobble or something like Debell. (laughs) So that'll throw him off the set. And then he says he's Charles's nephew who lives in Iowa. Now he lives in Idaho. That could be an honest mistake because Idaho. It's not. (laughs) It's not. It's him trying to be. It's like him saying later, oh, I just misspoke. Like he doesn't, he wants to be able to say he misspoke if he needs to be able to say it. So everything's kind of close to who he is. Yeah. Nephew is straight up stupid. They're like the same age. 
Because he, Ten years if anybody maybe. ever sounded like a man in his 50s, yeah. it's Chud Daybell. Yeah. Chud Daybell. Yeah. From Idaho. Ridiculous. So Lori then has to call the insurance company to get her insurance money. Only to find out, surprise, this might have been our original life insurance surprise, which is why I warn everyone over and over again, if you're going to change your life insurance, tell everybody. Because Charles essentially was killed for the money that was never hers to begin with because he changed it to his sister. So she texts Chud. It must have been Ned that changed the life insurance before we got rid of him, which is an omission that they got rid of Ned, which a.k.a. Sorry, Ned is Ned? Charles. No, Ned is Nick. We can't go back and forth between the Ned and the Nick Schneider. It's I know. It's me. very confusing. They Nick keep- is sometimes called Nick and sometimes called Ned. Here's what I think happened. I think this is a this is a full comedy of errors. Lori yeah. at one time misspoke and called him Nick. And then Chad came back and corrected her a week later. No, 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 no. It's Ned. It's Ned yeah. Schneider, not Nick. And so some people know him as Nick and some people know him as his proper name, which is Ned. Charles, who was infested with this demon, should get to have final say on his name because it was inhabiting his body and charles said it was nick I'm but go maybe nick. he misheard Lori. no i think Lori is saying nick because she didn't listen that carefully <laughs> to, to chad, chad and so then just she's naming like, people or later his, there's a or maybe the portal was unclear that day it was right. a little static on the line right and it's so, like when a psychic is like there's someone trying to reach you with an n name and you're like Oh, it's my grandpa, Nick. And then there's no. And then finally you land on it's like Anne or something because there's two N's in it. I don't know. I don't like that. So meanwhile, Chud has become a great lover as all Chuds do. That's disgusting. He worked the phone like a teenager with FOMO, which Keith feels the need to explain what that stands for. And I love that. But So he talks about snuggling with her, but it's all fantasy snuggling as the best fan as the best snuggling is, in my opinion. Real snuggling, too hot. Fantasy snuggling, much better. And see, he's still married to Tammy. They're not even living in the same place right now. So it's all fantasy snuggling. Because he's He's, in Idaho and she's in Arizona still. Yeah. So he said, though, that he could kind of real snuggle with her because he would go into his closet portal to be with her. And maybe transport himself to Arizona. It was basically a sex portal, in a snuggle portal in his closet. And then he wrote his Twilight fan fiction, which is the fictional story of their meeting. And it's about two characters named James and Elena who meet at a conference. Now, here's the thing. If you're going to romanticize and write a Fabio romance novel about the way you met, why would you still have them meet at a conference? Why wouldn't you set it on a yacht in Italy and not like we met at a conference at the Radisson? He's so unimaginative. No, it's, because it's ba- it's them. I think I'm, that's also it. It's based on, it's supposed to be their story. It's just amped up a little bit, but not too much. Not too much. It's still at a hotel lobby at a no. conference. 
Because what happens in the hotel, this is the line that I can't abide. I couldn't abide it the first time, and I shan't this time. The story took turns that would make a Harlequin editor and Katie and Kimberly blush. A long-awaited makeout session in the lobby. What is that sentence? That is written by Chad Daybell in this book. If I came across a book that had that in it, I would shut it and move on. Because that <laughs> writer is horrible. This was manifest in the mortal work to James and Elena through the scientific phenomenon known as loin fire. And some of you on Twitter did not seem to remember loin fire because you were cracking up like it was the first time you heard it. Maybe you blocked it out. The fire is where this book belongs. You can't think of any other terminology for makeup, makeout session. That's the best you can do. (laughs) And loin fire is also the best you can do. Yeah. Makeout session by the lockers. Loin, which makes you think of loincloth, which immediately (laughs) makes me think of the elephant man. And then fire, which makes me think of venereal disease. (laughs) And then Keith is fully laughing with the podcasters about the scientific phenomenon. And it's not like a chuckle like he normally does. He or a wry smile. He is laughing like he's watching The Office for the first time. I wish, I hope he has that much fun when he talks to us. It's so bad. Can we talk to Keith about loin fire? Yeah. Maybe he'll chuckle with us I mean, we already have, but it. yeah, we can again. Again. I want to also ask him specifically about, quote, makeout session. Yeah. I think he must be insulted as like kind of a man of prose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. think he's insulted. Yeah. So Dateline will spare us some of the story. Thank you for that. Too late, though. It's lots more barftastic stuff. That Mm-mm. is to come. In the months since Charles's death, Kay and Larry Woodcock, who are JJ's grandparents, are trying to reach Lori so they can talk to JJ, JJ and they get no response. Two months after Charles's death, she moves with the kids to Rexburg to be closer to Chad. And so does her brother, Alex. Mm. So two days after Chad meets the kids because they've just moved to Idaho, he meets 16-year-old Tylee and says she's dark. Two days after meeting 16-year-old Tylee, he says she's dark. And He's Charles never met her dark. before. Yeah. So they go to Yellowstone, and that night, Alex, the brother, goes to Lori's and spent the night there, which was very unusual, and Tylee was never seen again. One night, Lori's friend David sees Alex take young JJ, who has also gone dark now. This is a couple weeks later. Comes back with him hours later and JJ is asleep on his shoulder. Lori cancels the babysitter for the rest of the summer and JJ is never seen again. Wow. So, and this again is all within a year of meeting Chud. So over that like fall period, they both go missing. Yeah. I said summer. I don't know why I said summer. I don't think it was summer. No, I think it's like end of summer. I feel like we're in September, august Lori's not worried about the kids, though, even though no one has seen them. She's focused on gathering the 144,000, including Alex and her niece, Melanie B., who people call Melanie. Oh, Melanie. Because there's two Melanie's. Clever. People are so much more clever than we are. They should have a podcast. Stop it. Stop. You're hurting me. So Melanie is full on into Chud's religion, but her husband, Brandon, isn't, and they are divorcing. 
And then her husband, Brandon, is shot at from somebody who is obviously Alex. And Melanie, with her dead eyes and giant fake lashes on Dateline, says, no, there's no way my Uncle Alex would do that. No way. And I think Brandon made up the shooting. No. So Chud had called Brandon a Gadiantin, which is like the mafia in the Book of Mormon, and said that he was dark. So that's why Brandon was shot at. Melanie denies she's part of Chud's cult. She even denies that there is a cult, okay. which is exactly what people in cults say. So how do you know? Because See people the latest that yellow jackets. But people that aren't in cults say they aren't in cults, and people that are in cults say they aren't in cults. You know what that's called, cults. Katie? A catch tw- a chud 22. A chud 22. And Mel says no cult. Even though she has now divorced her husband, he was shot at, then she moved to Idaho to try to be with this religion that is she's not part of. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then Chud's wife, Tammy, who's still in the picture, she's taking her sweet time going dark, which means really that Chud is fine with Lori getting rid of everyone in her life, all of her loved ones, but he is kicking his, digging his heels in about making some changes in his life. Finally, she starts to go dark. And it wasn't until Lori started saying, well, you don't even love me. I'm just a distraction to you. Nothing can happen with us until something changes. And, you know. Like they're not talking about murder. Right. I just have to put that out there. When right. Keith talks about these text conversations. Yeah. She does play that sort of hard to get where you don't really love me anyways. That yeah. kind of weird, passive aggressive. Yeah. And that. But you're talking about him actually disposing of his wife, not divorcing his wife. Right. Yeah. These people have mental illness. Yes. Okay. Or they're just really greedy and trying to blame it on No, there's something weird about that, about equating something that – because it sounds like a harmless conversation until you get to what they're actually talking about. And you're like, wait, hold – what? No, we're going to take, we're going to remove Ned like he's a weed problem in your house, your backyard, you know? Like it's he's an person. unwanted guest. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, Tammy starts to go dark and she becomes a woman named Viola. And I said, Davis, our woman king? I'm immediately mad. I'm upset. So first they came for Oprah and they said she was dark. She was the darkest spirit of all the spirits. And now you're coming for Viola. I don't like it. This feels on purpose, Chud. It does. This feels purposeful. So Chud is having visions of Tammy dying. He tells his follower, Julie, who's super into the group, my plan can't continue until Tammy's dead. And Julie says nothing to Tammy about this or the police. Not like it would have mattered, but still... And also, she's very into the group. But come on, Julie. What could she have said at this point? She could have told Tammy something. Be careful. He says you're going to die soon. Yeah, you maybe could have taken Tammy on a long trip. Yeah. So Chud texts Lori, hello, sweet angel. Barf. (laughs) She has switched. She's in limbo. A level three demon is in her. And for those wondering, level one is when you start cutting in front of people at the grocery store. Level two is Kanye West. Level three is when you schedule the removal. So he's going to have Tammy removed or the demon removed. It all means killing. It's all the same thing. 
And Tammy is then shot at, presumably by Alex, who loves shooting people for his girlfriend. I mean, his sister, Lori. Then Tammy. So Tammy survives this shooting. But then she dies in her sleep. Because it's just a paintball gun, right? Or she no, she thought it a, was a paintball gun. It was it's a, a real paintball gun. gun. Yeah. yeah. Chud had predicted she would die in her sleep, and she dies in her sleep. And there is no autopsy, but put a pause in that. So two weeks later, two weeks later, after Tammy dies, Lori and Chud marry on the beach in Hawaii with rings from Amazon. I believe they were $39.99, if I'm not mistaken. That's one of those things that stuck in my memory. Which she also, and they're Malachite, because she also tried to buy them on Etsy, but the credit card was declined. That came out in the trial. I don't think they talk about it on Dateline. She's using Charles's, who is dead now, Amazon yeah. account. Did to- they say in Dateline that they were glow-in-the-dark Malachite? And I have a lot of questions <laughs> on why they needed to be glow-in-the-dark. Because the world is going to end and the lights will be out and you're going to need to see when you're being ascended. You, you don't want to ascend blindly. I feel like there are two types of people in this world. When those who, when they're looking for wedding rings, glow in the dark is an asset. Right. And those, when they're looking for wedding rings, the glow in the dark is a deterrent. <laughs> so she is wearing white at her wedding, which is... Oh, a, you were very upset about that before as It's well. a bold choice for your fifth wedding. I'm sorry. I don't want to shame, but... You are. You are. I'm going to shame Lori. Go for it. If you are on your fifth wife, you listening out there, go for it. Wear white. I don't care. I'm not old fashioned. But when Lori wears white and she's killed all these people. Yeah. You're literally wearing a ring that you bought off your dead husband's Amazon account. Come on. So Chud tells Tammy's sister. Yeah, I got married. I know it's only been two weeks since your sister died, but I got married. And she says, okay, what is she like? And he says, well, her kids are grown, so we're going to be empty nesters. The kids are missing. Tylee was 16 and JJ was only like seven. So that is pretty admissive, an admission. I don't understand. He's, it's so obvious. Like, without just, skipping they're not a good at this. No, they're really bad. It's really gross. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the mainland, Melanie, the niece <laughs> with the eyelashes, calls the cops trying to get her kids away from her ex-husband, Brandon, who was shot at but survived. She says, my ex-husband claims he was shot at, but, you know, he's I'm really worried about him and I don't want the kids with him. And he's been in hiding. She's like playing the victim. She even asked for a victim's advocate, which is exactly what was offered to Lori. So it's like Lori coached her on that. And then the police noticed that Uncle Alex is sitting in a car on the street and they ask for his ID and they don't look up and see that he has done time for assaulting one of Lori's earlier husbands, killed Charles her most recent husband, is probably the one who shot Brandon and Mm -hmm. shot at Tammy. I'm just picturing how this would have gone down if he was a person of color. They're just like, hey, sir, can I just get, oh, just, we don't want you sitting on the street for too long. It is Um, so casual. It's it's so so casual. casual. It's just like, hey, hey, Alex, right? Hey, can I just check your ID real quick? It's so nice. Maybe that's also just Idaho. Maybe. Are they in so, Idaho? No, they drove to the husband, to Brandon. Where is he? It was also Idaho, I believe. Oh, it was. Or Idaho. It was somewhere in there. Okay. So there 
Then we learn, and I don't remember this from previous state lines, that Chud had labeled two of Melanie's and Brandon's kids as dark. I didn't remember that either. So maybe it's just there was so much information that we've covered before that we just forgot. But I think it's new information. So that's bad. They were... That makes me think that that night they were not just trying to get the kids away from Brandon. They were not just trying to kill Brandon. They were trying to maybe kill two of the children as well. And why only two out of several children? Those kids are lucky to be alive. And especially because the officers pulled Alex's ID and then didn't realize he's this dangerous person. They do decide to arrest Melanie's for trespassing and then domestic violence, interestingly enough. But they do it in the most politest way ever because she's batting her eyelashes i've never been in a police car before (laughs) so this is all still in 2019 a year after chad and Lori met all of the deaths have been within six months of the meeting insanity wow so Kay and charles the grandparents still want to know where jj is Kay does some sleuthing. She goes on to Charles's email and she sees these Amazon orders that are going to Rexburg, Idaho. She didn't even know where Lori was living with the kids. So she calls the police in Rexburg and they send the police to the house to say, where are the to children? To do a wellness check, right? On JJ? Uh-huh. We yeah. haven't been able to talk to JJ in weeks now and we're concerned. So... Lori answers the door and says that JJ is with Melanie Gibb, her friend, not the niece, and they were seeing Frozen 2. So Lori's lying about where JJ is, and the police go back the next day, and Lori's now gone. And so now the nation wants to know where are the children. So this gets picked up. Yeah. This This is when it goes viral. Who gets it to the press? Is this Kay? The, the well, the police were JJ's putting grandma. out, we want help. Okay. Here are their photos. I just couldn't remember how it got to be such a nationwide. Like it's a, I mean, it's covered Yeah, and the, the grandparents went very vocal. They were doing press conferences and things. It's very smart. Yeah. Meanwhile, Chud rewards Alex with a bride, Zulema, who we don't get into this on Dateline, but we do remember she is a professional hugger. Cuddler. Or a professional cuddler. Mm-hmm. Sorry, fantasy cuddles, but these were real cuddles. She's a professional cuddler. So much cuddling in this episode. And a mover of elements. She can move elements with her mind. But we don't get that on Dayline because there's no time for it. So well, I thought that that was something that she touted, but that's actually something Chad told her she could do. And I didn't know that. Did she ever prove it? That's what I want to know. Well, I don't know if she ever thought she could do could it. Could she float? That's what Chad told her her power was. Yeah, I would love to see that. But then he just says like, oh, there's wind coming. You must have done that, Zulema. Good job. Oh, the sun's out now. I would love to actually talk to Zulema and see what's up. Yeah. Okay. So. Is this when he gets the blessing? Charles, yeah. Chad rewards Alex with this blessing for being such a good helper towards his sister and a good bodyguard for this goddess. And he gives her, he gives him a bride. What is a patriarchal blessing? Because I don't want any part of that. No, thank you. I don't want any part. F the patriarchal blessing. This is another thing that he keeps doing to make the Mormon church mad is he keeps taking these things that are part of the Mormon church and like totally blaspheming them. Yeah. 
He's got to stop this. Also, yeah. this is when they you can see in the that the firstborn is written that way, by the way. Mm. Yeah. So months later, after getting his bride, Alex tells Zulema they're exhuming Tammy's body. Oh, boy. Because there's so much suspicious stuff now around Chad and Lori. And he starts to realize, finally, that he might be their fall guy. And so he is having doubts. I have doubts. And she says, what are you talking about? What are you the fall guy for? What did you do? What are you talking about? And he just says, if anything happens to me, so mark it off your bingo cards, there's money in a bag in the closet. In the banana stand. Next sorry. to, there's always money in the sex portal closet. I'm sorry, only Chud gets a sex portal. So he just goes, there's always money in the banana stand in the closet. And it's for you in case anything happens to me. And a few days later, Alex dies. Wow. Now, the autopsy to this day still says natural causes, blood clots in his lungs. Zulema says he had been complaining about pain in his chest for a while. They had only been married for two weeks. It's super convenient. It's too convenient. It's zebras or horses. You know how I feel about this. I think it is way too convenient. Maybe the stress of all these murders did kill him. Yeah. Maybe he had health problems, but there are a lot of theories online, people saying there are things you can give someone or inject in someone that will mimic blood clots or give you blood clots. Someone said there are is snake venom you can get in Mexico that will give you blood clots. So it's there's lots of theories. The hard thing to believe here, though, is that they would do this incredibly sophisticated murder for Alex when a lot of the murders that are committed are not well hidden, right? not well executed. like It's sort of, right. I just don't understand why all of but a sudden if, Alex's murder would be very advanced. If he was having doubts and they were scared he was going to flip on them, it's very convenient that maybe he started to become a zombie and they were maybe doing him a favor. Maybe they convinced Zulema to put something in his drink repeatedly or something to help him because they felt like they were or they claimed they felt like they were doing people favors by getting rid of them, saving them from the zombies and the pain of the second coming. This would have been very fast, though. Two weeks. But it had only it had been like the past few days that he had been complaining about his chest. I don't so he know. gave it's like they gave him a bride, but the bride was also a death sentence. I don't know if Sulema had anything to do with it. It's very suspicious. It's just very suspicious. Also around the same time, not covered in the state line, on this trip to Vegas where Alex marries Zulema, Melanie marries her new husband, who is Joe. I don't remember. But anyways, she like later tapes him Joe. for the FBI <laughs> and then he forgives her. And they stay married. It's really weird. And that's covered in previous datelines. So are they still married now? I would really love to know the status I of their marriage they are. now. And I, I think, think she still he, supports her Aunt Lori. But I think that he testified at trial. Oh. oh, interesting. So this is where Dateline chases down Lori in Hawaii with Hawaii on her butt on the skirt, and which they show us every single time. And it always makes me think, is Hawaii a brand unhappy being on Dateline is the Board of Tourism in Hawaii happy or unhappy with all the press they get? 
Kauai. It's got to be Kauai specifically because they do mention that it's Kauai like eight times, right? Yeah. So is Kauai happy? No. No. And they loved it there. It looks pretty. But they like, that was clearly their special spot, you know? Yeah. You don't think there's anyone that was watching those wedding photos and thinking, I want to get married on the beach in Hawaii? Maybe. Was it good? Maybe. I can't tell if it was it good. It may for not matter because it does look beautiful. So, so police serve them in Hawaii with court or a court order by the pool. She has to appear with the children because the whole world is looking for them. They are in their bathing suits, lounging. Again, Hawaii looks great. She is kind of yeah. smirking. She does not appear with the children, and then she is finally arrested by hot FBI candy. We all remember the guy with the ne- the badge on the necklace that I love that pulls her off the plane. I love that they show that footage in every episode. Who is that guy? He had to appear in court, too, and testify. So he and was how, involved in the case. How angry was Chud? That he was hot? Because that's who Chud thinks he is. He thinks he's Jason Firstborn. Right. <laughs> so he's yeah. upset. Uh-huh. Good call. Yeah. yeah, he's very upset. And Chud is a big toe. So he is not happy. Yeah. So Lori's arrested. Then they search Chad's house and they dig up the backyard and they find the bodies of the kids and they arrest Chud finally. And we see the footage again, these screaming teenage girls who are driving by as they are arresting Chud and they are filming it on their cell phone and they're like, that's him, that's Chud. They got that footage. They score. I mean, I don't think they're paid for it, but like that footage was seen worldwide. Those teenage screaming girls. They got him. That's him. The reaction is so like Harry Stylesy. It's yeah, it's fandom. I mean, I don't. They're not fans, but they're just so excited that it's happening because they live in that area. I'm sure. if you didn't know who Chad Daybell was and you played that footage, you would think that it is a kind of celebrity that's good, not yeah. that's horrible. I right. feel like you and my reaction would be n- not. That's me at a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> I don't. Not- I think if we saw him, we'd be more like hitting each other and hissing. Right. Like, I don't think it would be oh like. Oh, my God. It's Chad Daybell. Oh my God. Can it's I have your autograph? Yeah. People would be watching and be like, why are those teen girls screaming over that big toe of a man? Yeah, who looks like he hasn't slept in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So Lori is found first incompetent to stand trial. Incompetent? And the podcaster, yeah, no duh. The podcaster thinks that she was faking it because she's super manipulative, which is an interesting take. I don't know if everyone believes that, but that's what the podcaster thinks. And he's studied the case a lot. That she was faking it. Faking the, he said he wouldn't be surprised because she's so manipulative and she has passed psych evaluations before, like with the police. So she is good at manipulating people. That's really the crux of this whole thing. And we asked Keith about it last time he was on the show was, does she believe this or is she just using this as an excuse to do what she wants? He thinks she believes it. So Keith did think that she believed it. I think Um, it's column A and column B. I think it's a little from both. And you're mixing it together to be like, oh, this allows me to kind of do these things that I want conveniently. How lovely. 
You right. know, so then you believe it even more because it right. does allow you to be a goddess and mm-hmm. then kill people you don't want around. Mm-hmm. After a while of treatment, she is finally found fit and the trial is able to start. Here we go. I don't know if she's fit. I think there's some crazy appeal can't fix. And I think there's something going on there. But it's not about, quote, crazy. It's about no, competent, it's about, right? It's so about, she you could still believe this crazy stuff, but if you understand the consequences of right and wrong and you understand that you're not saving people from end times by killing them, and I, there's all these definitions of whatever the court determines to But I don't even think crazy. she needs to not believe that. I think she can still believe that everyone's going to burn in hell and she is one of the hundred. She can still believe all of that. Right. It's just, do you understand the court's rules? I think she basically needs to understand what's happening. Right. Regardless of whether or not she thinks it's God's law or just or whatever. And this is all if she's found fit to serve, to stand trial. Now, Idaho doesn't have the insanity defense, I don't believe, which is why that's, they didn't go for that. So at least that's what I read people were oh, saying online. which they absolutely would have. Which they would have. Yeah. So they can't. But she, she's sane enough to, yeah, understand the rules of the court. So the pretrial hearing, Keith says she managed to darken her lips with red candy and somehow managed to keep her hair at least partially bottle blonde. Keith! He's so shady. I love it. Also, couldn't he not say Jolly Ranchers? We all know they were Jolly Ranchers. I loved it. Didn't he say it was a red candy? He, he said, just red, said candy? red candy. No, Jolly Rancher. But I did think she looks pretty good. Not as good as if she were using Thrive, but she does look pretty good at the pretrial hearing. And then she falls. She doesn't have access to Thrive mm-hmm. is what happens. And we all know that Thrive helps you look your best much better than a Jolly Rancher. That must be very drying on your lips. Yeah, I would think so. It's no secret I love a face full of makeup. In court, out of court, I love a full face, the full treatment, base, eyes, contour, lips done, highlight, all the makeup. While I can appreciate that kind of makeup, what I really want is makeup that I can wear every day. Now, a full glitter lid may stand out at my local big lots, Mm. but... Really, most days, I just want to look my best. I want to look like me at my best. And that's why I really love Thrive Cosmetics. Thrive creates certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free beauty products made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. No parabens, no sulfates, no phthalates. And they do this all without compromising performance. And in summer months, performance in your makeup is really important. It's about to get hot in our part of the world, which means my full face of glitter and foundation is absolutely not going to happen. More like I want a really great hydrating lip tint, which Thrive makes, by the way, and I want a mascara that makes me look like I have naturally gifted lashes and stays put. This is why Thrive's Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara has more than 25,000 five-star reviews. One of them is mine. <laughs> one is mine. One is my sister-in-law. One is my mom. One is my mom. One is, one is my sister. mom. <laughs> this magic mascara. 
as I call it, mimics the look of lash extensions. So I don't know about you, but I do not want false lashes. I do not want anything glued to my eye when it's 100 degrees outside. Mm -mm. This does the look of that without the damaging glue or salon prices. Thrive uses a proprietary tubing formula, which means the mascara wraps around each lash as you apply it to dramatically lengthen and define your lashes from the root to the tip. And best of all, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking under your eyes. Also, when you're ready to take it off, it slides right off with warm water and a washcloth. You do not have to use those harsh eye makeup removers on your eyes. If you haven't tried it yet, get to thrivecosmetics.com forward slash date dateline and put a liquid lash extensions mascara in your cart. You will not regret it. And don't forget, Thrive Cosmetics is a company with a cause. Cause is in their name for a reason. As a part of their mission, every purchase you make supports organizations that help communities thrive, such as those battling domestic abuse, being unhoused, cancer, and a whole lot more. Mm. You've got to try Thrive Cosmetics to see for yourself. So what are you waiting for? Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash date dateline for 20% off your first order. It's hot. You can still look your best and thrive. Thank you, Thrive. Thank you so much, Thrive. So Lori's trial doesn't have cameras, which is a huge bummer for us. It's probably good for her because ever since she had the Jolly Rancher lipstick, things have taken a turn. Lori looks rough now. I think it's a combination of things. I think it is what happens when you stop using Botox after using it for a long time. Yes. Is that correct? I think it's I think she probably did a lot of different facial treatments, honestly. I think it's also stress. Stress kills your skin. I think it's bad food. There's no sun. Like mm-hmm. there's it's the combination of everything bad, right? It's like her face has gotten waxy and melted. She's and just aged tremendously, tremendously because in just a year. I would assume that she did a certain amount of upkeep to her face. Yeah. Right? Even if it's little things. And then you just stop doing that. And then you don't use any kind of moisturizing cream at all anymore for years. And now she's like drawing on her eyebrows with whatever like black mold she scraped from the prison toilet. Right. Or whatever they use. Charcoal. I don't know what they use for their eyebrows. But those look pointy and rough. And she's stressed. Yeah. It's all the and probably not sleeping. And maybe for the pretrial hearing, she had made some friends in prison and they were helping her out with the Jolly Ranchers and such. But she has made some enemies now who are not helping her anymore. She seems to be a little sort of peppy in the pretrial. I think the reality might be hitting her that like, yeah, oh, this isn't going to go my way. Right. Yeah. At all. Maybe she's not getting visits from in the love portal anymore. Oh, my gosh. Where is her love portal in prison? Yeah, I don't know. Fourth in, stall? in the toilet. Yeah. It's a, it would be like the Ministry of Magic, and you would just go in and out through the toilet, I think. And then she would go into that stall one day, and something bad had happened in there, so then she couldn't use that stall anymore, and then her love her love portals shut down. Yeah, maybe that's regular loving is 
That's Something's what that face is. Yeah. So Nate Eaton tells us that there are people outside trying to get in. There are people who've flown in from Australia, South Africa. There are tickets that you have to do to get in, and they're gone every day in a minute. It's like a Taylor Swift concert. It's Johnny Depp trial. Yeah. Part two. Yeah. Yeah. Depp heard. So. The prosecution, so unfortunately, we're only going to get some audio of the trial and not video, which is, again, a huge bummer. I still want more from the trial. I didn't pay attention to a lot of what was going on because I thought Dateline was going to cover it in detail. And instead, we didn't. We only got like half an hour of it. But Katie has gotten some stuff, I guess. I have a little bit. So I have some stuff that you might want. Oh, good. So the prosecution says that her motive wasn't her belief in any of this religious stuff. It was money, power, and sex. And the obstacles to getting what she wanted were Tammy, Charles, JJ, and Tylee, and Brandon, and then Alex. So Alex's phone put him where the children were killed and where they found their bodies. And Alex was in Chad's neighborhood the night Tammy died. Yes. Yeah. Lori and Chad needed money to fund their new life. Charles's life insurance, which they didn't get because of the life insurance surprise. And Chad tried to get Tammy's life insurance two days after she died, which was $400,000. Lori also got Social Security benefits for JJ and Tylee. And had made some bank account changes and was routing money from Tylee's deposits straight to Lori's. I don't know if she got Social Security specifically from Tylee. I know she did from JJ. She got something else from Tylee. She got the inheritance from Tylee's dad who had died. Mm-hmm. And Tylee also was always in con- in contact with Colby, the oldest boy, because he also, like, basically the payment was also given to him. Mm. But Tylee kind of controlled it. And then all of a sudden, Lori was controlling it. Yeah. So Melanie Gibb takes the stand not the niece melanie though she was there i think but she did not take the stand she was not called then a woman named audrey takes the stand and she was part of the inner circle the firstborn but when she ended her friendship with Lori, she says Lori threatened to kill her and she's telling the story very dramatically how Lori threatened to cut her up but didn't want to because it would be so messy and there would be blood and Katie is making a face. Audrey's, I would say Audrey's testimony was the most problematic. And I would say I was the most surprised that the prosecution decided to use her on the stand. Yeah, I think a lot of people did not believe her. She was hard. But they want her to show that she is willing to kill on her own. That it wasn't Chad and Alex always doing the killing. Lori was willing to kill someone. Yeah, it's, she doesn't seem believable. Yeah. It doesn't seem like something that actually happened. And she kind of withers a little bit under cross-examination. I listened to quite a bit of her testimony. Mm -hmm. And it was basically you could tell that she was there. She still kind of believed Chad Mm. about some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. She was heavily into Chad. She had moved to Rexburg to be near Chad, Mm. who was chosen. She's single. trying to get rid of Lori so she can have big toe Chad? I'm going to say this. Chad had also told Audrey that we, they had been married in a previous life. Oh, Chad. So does that help you? She said he also told her that he was Methuselah in a past life. Yeah, I, I remember feel like that, that was new. He also said that he was an apostle to Jesus. Yeah, did I we know that? that. Uh-huh. Okay, but she had said that before Lori came into the picture, 
Chad had never talked about zombies. So she said that the zombie aspect was all Lori's idea. Mm. I think that's a bunch of malarkey. Interesting. I don't think that's true at all. I think she's trying to make it seem like all of this was Lori. Yeah. And I guess Lori's reaction to her during trial was like, <gasps> yeah, like Keith talks about it, but I guess she was like furiously like talking to her lawyers and stuff. She was mad wow. at Audrey. The Him? You're fighting over him? Right. Ladies, raise your Audrey. standards. Oh, and at one point, I believe the defense says, Dr. So-and-so. I think Audrey's a doctor. Oh, God. We need to... Of what? Yeah, cuddling. <laughs> there we go. Brandon takes the stand, testifies about the hit on him. I hope Brandon is in protective custody because, well, I guess he's... Alex is gone and Chad and Lori are gone, but there are still followers out there. Lori's... No, Brandon's not in danger from them. Brandon is in danger from Melanie. And Chad. Me- Chad said he was dark, but it was But all- Melanie's not gone. I know. Melanie... I need her to be charged with something because there's no way she did not know what Alex was doing. Accessory after the fact. Yeah. Conspiracy. So Lori's younger sister, Summer, takes the stand and she had called Lori in prison after the kids' bodies were found and she is sobbing to Lori. And she says, I love you with all my heart, but is there another explanation for this? Because I'm willing to hear it. And Lori says, there is, but I can't talk about it. No. It's portal business. And the sister says, you went off to Hawaii and were dancing on the beach while your kids were in the ground. There is nothing in the scriptures that is godly about hurting a child. And she's like screaming at Lori. And then Lori says, nobody knows what I've been through. (laughs) Those are my children and I that I love more than anything. And she's still using present tense on the kids. And the sister says, Lori, you were smiling and dancing on the beach, taking wedding photos. And Lori says, yeah, months later, I was trying to go on with my life, trying to be happy, trying to find some happiness. Do you think I want to be alone? There's a lot of testimony in this trial that sinks Lori's battleship, so to speak. But there is some testimony that I think makes you just hate Lori. Mm -hmm. And I think this sister's is one. Mm -hmm. This phone call is... It's really long. Yeah. It's like 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it is horrendous because the sister at one point, you feel the frustration because she's just screaming into the phone of like, what is wrong with you? I wanted the children. Like, what's wrong? And you feel like that's what you would do if it was someone you knew. You couldn't believe it. Why is Lori like saying, well, okay, so it was a few months since the children what disappeared? What does she say happened to the children? Like what? She is, doesn't. That's the most frustrating think, thing. Who is she saying hurt the children? And what did she think happened to them? Because she kept saying they were safe. I know where they are. They're safe. Trust me, they're fine. Right. Because they're safe in God's arms. Right. But she won't admit. But like, she won't say that. Yeah. No, she never says it. She sort of, she does this to Colby too in their conversation where she kind of just dances. She's such a good manipulator because she just sort of moves around it. Mm -hmm. All that, even on direct questioning, she just Mm -hmm. slides around it. So he takes the stand and he says, and Lori turned, Colby, and Lori turns to the attorneys and says, that's my baby. Full smiles. Full smiles. That's my firstborn that I didn't kill. And he won't even look at her. And we get their prison phone call where he says, 
pure blasphemy. And you hear this cackle from her. And he Mm -hmm. says, is this funny? You're laughing? And she says, you don't know what happened. And he says, why? Because you kept me in the dark to protect me? I don't need protecting. You know who needs protecting? My little dead siblings. They're the ones who need protecting. Colby. Good job, Colby's a champ. He lets her have it. And he, again, straight out, just like the sister asked, do you think, mom, I'm asking you straight out, do you think that Jesus told you to do something to these kids? Was this a direct message from God for you to hurt that? Like, fully asks exactly what you would want to ask her. And she like, you know, Colby, you just don't, Mm -hmm. you'll never really under, it's that whole, you won't really understand. It's not for me to say, Mm -hmm. like any of those weird half answers. And he's like, so you can't tell me this was a directive from my God telling me to do this. He's letting her have it with the God angle too. And she doesn't. She won't do it. She won't commit to any of it. She's like, they're in a good place and they love me. My children love me. Yeah, she says, they know exactly what happened. It's still present tense. And they love me and they are still together forever. They love me and they are fine. And they know the truth and I know the truth. It's wild. It's gross. So there is proof. There's some actual proof. They exhumed Tammy's body. And now the Emmy says, well, she never had an autopsy in the first place. So now there's an autopsy. And the Emmy says she died after being restrained and asphyxiated. They talk about Tylee's body, but unfortunately it was so badly burned that they can't reveal the cause of death. JJ's, this is rough. JJ's head is wrapped. Trigger warning. What? Children. Children harm. Trigger warning. Yeah, absolutely. Skip ahead a few seconds. JJ's head is wrapped in plastic with duct tape over his mouth, which is how he died. Asphyxiation. It's disgusting. Lori tried to be excused from court the day they tried to show they were showing the crime scene photos, but she had to stay. They forced her to stay and she wiped her eyes and looked down the whole time. I think she should have been forced to see them. Yeah. Well, I think they should put them up in her cell for the rest of her life. So. Yeah. Nate says that Grandpa Larry Woodcock was sobbing and that it was the worst sound he had ever heard. It's horrible. That got me. Yeah. In the guts. I cried. They Mm -hmm. call a DNA expert. Now we finally have some actual DNA. There's like one piece of DNA that can tie Lori directly to the bodies of her children, which is the duct tape that was on JJ. They find her hair on it. And that's the only forensics that they have. Now, I'm sure there are a way there are ways the defense could spin 100%. this. Because they don't know when it got there or where it got there or where the tape. It's your came mom's from. hair. It could be I'm sure I have my mom's hair all over exactly. this house. Yeah. yeah. So then it's the defense's turn. And Lori's lawyers have a private conversation with her for half an hour. And then it's their turn. And instead of calling a witness or having Lori take the stand even, they just say, we don't believe the prosecution has proven this case, and we rest our case. Bye. And Nate Eaton is shocked. He says, why didn't they blame everything on Chad? This is crazy. She was having mental issues, just say. He forced her to do it. He really persuaded her. It would have been a really good defense. 
And apparently Lori told her attorneys not to go after Chad or Alex because she still loves Chad. She is stormatized. And if you don't get that, you didn't get the memo that Chad called his wee-wee storm. Wait, when did we find that out? Last week. Last week? Yeah. I posted about it on Instagram. Who told you that? Nate posted about it from the trial. I'll read it to you. The word storm is the name they had given to Chad's penis. Women behind me just gasped in the courtroom. Because Nate is tweeting all of this live. Next message, Chad to Lori. I completely agree. We were definitely in new territory in your bedroom. Chad to Lori. Elena's magic hand has gripped the storm. Barely able to breathe as intense waves wash over them. Lori to Chad. Yes, she did. As we wait during the recess, Kathy Rusan tells me her dog's name is Storm and this trial has forever ruined it. You have to change your dog's name. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, you. I'm sure. Kathy, reach out to us. Have you changed your, your dog's, dog's name? name is now Daisy. Yeah. Like the furthest thing from Storm. Yeah. That you can think of. Yeah. Sunshine. Yeah. I also thank you I'm Cam, gonna be for sending me those tweets. I tried to follow Nate closely, but it was a lot of tweets and Cam sent me that one. I'm going to be sick. Yeah. The grip of this, the stop magic it. hand Wait, grip. Stop it. Magic grip and it caused waves. Magic hand gripped the stop storm. It. Intense waves wash over them. James and Elena is pretty hot. Except it's disgusting. <laughs> Katie keeps taking out her headphones. She's not even listening. She's scared of what I I'm saying. I see her lips so moving. Keeps put it, she keeps taking her headphones you out have and putting to them stop in for it. a second. She's like watching a horror movie with the, like through her fingers. Also, I feel bad for any James and Elena's out there. I know. It's rough. Yeah. Yeah. And any Storms. So sorry, Storms. And we know in Elena. That's rough. So in closing arguments, her lawyers go against her and they blame Chad anyways. Which Thank God. Thank God. What else are they going to say? Honestly, if they hadn't, this could all be setting up for ineffectual counsel down the road for some sort of appeal. That's very smart. And that's probably exactly what they're thinking. I mean, I'm not surprised they didn't bomb the thing themselves by not calling any witnesses just so they could have that. Later, I mean, it would be pointing the finger at themselves, saying we were ineffectual. But who are they going to call, though? Who who are they going to call? I don't Melanie. 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 Maybe I don't know. Yeah. So they blame Chad in the closing arguments. They say that she's naive. She's not leading anyone. It's the she's too dumb to be a criminal. It's that defense. She couldn't do it. She's just following Chad, and Chad thinks he's following Jesus. And Jesus is like, new phone, who dis? No, Honestly, what argument? Me. what argument could you even make in this? Think about it. What could you make? You would have to say that she, if you can't do insanity defense, then you have to do that this was all Chad and Alex. This is why you also might need that kind of a defense in every state, I feel like, because they're... If you do believe that something was happening here, if it wasn't greed and lust and money, that this was that she was totally brainwashed into this set of beliefs that led her to do horrible things, what there is no other defense than that. I can't so your think brain of any was broken besides it was all Chad when she didn't know what was happening. And she, he he told her they were somewhere safe. He took them. He did it. 
he and Alex, and they didn't tell me where they were. That's the only way to do this. Yeah. Is to say you had no idea that what was about to happen, and you thought they were honestly in hiding. Yeah, you trusted But the fact that she doesn't go for that defense should also lead you to believe how strongly she believed in these things. Uh Uh-huh, and that she doesn't want to flip on Chad still, even though she's going to prison for the rest of her life. She doesn't want to flip on Chad. You're on trial for your beliefs in some sense, I guess, and the actions that your beliefs caused you to do. Right. This is a hell of a storm. All right. <laughs> the storms are coming. It's already here. Gross. Magic hand. So, Stop it. No, and I'm not Ooh. saying what I one way or another if I think she believes all this or not. There's a lot of things that point to her being very manipulative before she met Chad. That is true as well, because there were husbands before. There were things, false right. accusations of S.A. and things like that. So this feels like two people meeting. Two that people, thing. oil and water, oil and gasoline that shouldn't meet. And this should not meet because they're combustible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we've used that analogy before with them. Actually. No, what's the two? What's the two things? Is it bleach and ammonia that make you pass out yeah. if you accidentally use them together while cleaning? Yeah, that's what the analogy we need. It to makes start like using. mustard gas. Yeah, it makes everyone around you pass out yeah. when these two things come together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lori gets furious at the lawyer who's doing the closing arguments. She's fuming oh, yeah. and crying because she did not want them to blame Chad. The jury deliberates for seven hours and announces the very day that Dateline releases this episode. They have a verdict guilty on all charges, including first degree murder charges for the kids and conspiracy for Tammy's murder. She'll most likely get life. I'm sure she'll get life. She crosses her arms and doesn't really say anything and looks sharply at her lawyers, apparently. And looks, if we could do a side by side of the day she comes into prison... (laughs) And this so day, shocking. with her little skinny lip brown, yeah. she's very upset. She's so um, upset, and, she's like and her face is all droopy. She looks like that lion from that movie, from that TV show. From the, she looks like the cowardly lion from like the Wizard of Oz with that hair. And then, and she's crossing her arms with her shoulders up, like she's <laughs> at the jury, yeah. like pouting at yeah. them. How dare you? Yeah, I'm a mommy. Yeah, what's wrong with you? I, I think there's a so lot much. wrong. I think there's so maybe much. narcissism. I think there's some late, you think? some de- development issues. She has this like child mentality of like getting what she wants. There's something very strange. Yeah. But I can't diagnose her. Delusions of grandeur. Mm-hmm. Where you feel like you're bigger than you. Mm-hmm. you it's that in spades. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't have a clear view of actually what's going on in the world. Right. That's why it's hard to say that she's not just off her rocker. Ill. Yeah. So I don't know which one. I'm sure most people think that she is calculated and manipulative and doing it for greed and all of that. But I do think there is also something wrong with her. Yeah, because there's a degree to which this has now gone that she's, again, yeah. If she was doing this for grand for greed or sex or whatever she would have flipped on chad by now like oh that is a very good point why wouldn't she have flipped on chad and blamed immediately she's go taking this so far like all the way through her trial yeah that's crazy is he going to flip on her is the question right that will be the test next year when he goes on trial 
So Larry and Kay, the grandparents, they celebrate outside and Larry cries and says, JJ, I love you. Tylee, Papa loves you. Tammy, I am so sorry for what happened to you. My heart mm. hurts for the three of you. And he has like three bracelets on representing them. That's so nice. He didn't even know Tammy. And I love that. Now, Charles is not really included in this, even though Charles is related to him. I think they're waiting for that trial. But I don't know if that trial is going to happen. Lori is being charged in Arizona for conspiracy to murder Charles through Alex. Good. But Good. I don't know if that will actually happen if she gets life here. And I don't know if they'll actually do it. But she has told people that Jesus will come and rescue her from this. The goddess with the power to choose death for others is going to prison almost certainly for the rest of her very certain days. That can't be right. Yeah. Is that right? Is that what Keith said? Very certain. He might say human days. Very human days. That must be yeah. it. She might go on trial in Arizona because I think that Charles Vallow's family might want justice here and they might want that to happen. Yeah, I hope they can. I hope that the yeah. it is a different state. So, yeah, it's not like one state would be saving money by not doing it. I mean, they would save money by not doing it, but they didn't get her for something else. You know what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. if it's in the same state, they'd be like, well, we already got her for this. Yeah. Okay. What did you want to say? Oh, about the, well, there was one witness that they don't talk about, two witnesses, a couple that were neighbors of Chad and Tammy, and they are Alice and Todd. Okay. And so basically they give sort of the breakdown of Tammy's last days, and they say that the eulogy that he gave at her funeral Mm -hmm. wasn't even a eulogy at all. It was, first of all, Tammy died on a Saturday, the funeral's on Tuesday, Buried on Wednesday. Yeah. He was ready to go. He didn't want an autopsy. He was like, let's just get it done. Yeah. He wanted um, to go to and Hawaii and get married. Exactly. So he gave this eulogy that was more of just like a sermon. He didn't seem like he was in grief at all. She said all the children seemed completely shocked. They were in shock. They didn't, they weren't processing even a little bit. He seemed to be fine. Seven days after Tammy dies, he brings Lori to Alice and Todd's to meet her. And she said the level of PDA that they were doing was she had his her hand on his leg. Ugh. She said they were acting like horny teenagers. Ugh. And it was to the point where she was super embarrassed for them and uncomfortable. It was really gross. Seven days after Tammy dies. Yeah. Not surprised. Uh, they got married a week after that. Yeah. That's really nasty. gross. So apparently outside the courthouse, a lot of, there were some local people at the court that were talking about Alice and Todd, and they were saying they think that this couple actually came to Rexburg, Idaho as believers. So they weren't just neighbors. They were actually also in the church. Mm -hmm. And people in the town said kind of a lot of people were moving to Rexburg because of Chad. How many people did he have strong in this church of the firstborn? I want to say like a thousand or maybe a a few hundred. But I could be wrong about that. I mean, they had that podcast, but that's not any indication that people are listening because we have a podcast. I'm just kidding. No, it's We true. have nice listeners. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Also, I understand why there weren't cameras allowed in the courtroom, but I would have loved if they had just not shown the witnesses and let us hear all the audio, but shown the prosecution and defense tables because yeah. really what i wanted to see in this was Lori's attitude and reaction right yeah 
to things. Yeah. Because hearing them described is good, but it's really interesting to see. Yeah. Also, one of the, I believe it was the, it might have been the person who performed the autopsy, it might have been the medical examiner, had a little bit of a sassy back and forth with the defense that I thought was really good because the defense starts picking at how JJ died, which to me is just so gauche. Like it's just such bad form. The jury is not going to be okay with that. Yeah. JJ is a kid. Yeah. And sort of starts talking about did you check his nostrils and his mouth and throat for plastic bag particles? Just horrible. I mean, that's stuff horrible. you have to ask though. I get that. But they're seeing the pictures. Yeah. It's pretty clear what happened here. Yeah. I feel like drawing more attention to it is just making you more hateful. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really, and the, <laughs> the medical examiner's not having it. He's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You would have appreciated it. The only person I'm questioning is why they called Audrey. Yeah. That didn't make a lot of sense. Also, her stream of consciousness talking on the stand is... It's a lot, it's real rambly and long. And then she's doing it all in this kind of a voice where she's sort of crying maybe, but I don't know because we can't see her. So we can't see if there are tears. Yeah. We can't really see what's going on. Does that make sense? Yes. It just, her whole story. I probably would have believed her. Well, yeah. And her whole story about Lori saying she's going to kill her sounds like it was embellished and added to, or it didn't happen at all. at all. And this woman is really trying to get in with Chad. Creepy. Gross. Him. I know. Him. I know. It's gross. Oh, boy. That's all I have for outside information that I can remember. Lots of people covered the trial. So there's lots of coverage out there. Of yeah. A blow by blow of every Way better of this than trial. us. It also wasn't as long as maybe I expected it to be. Sometimes these trials can go on for months and months. Yeah. This was a pretty... I'm very curious as to what Chad Daybell's defense is going to be. Because I think he's going to flip on Lori. And Alex. He can blame a lot of it on Alex. Even though he's the one who wrote the books and was leading the group, he's going to say there wasn't a group. Even though there Lori was could have also blamed a lot of it on Alex. It was really Yeah, surprising. but she said she didn't want to. She was loyal yeah. to him even in death. Okay. Were you mad at Melanie? Other Melanie, the friend Melanie? I'm always mad at Melanie Gibb. Because she flipped so hard because it's like, no, I wasn't really part of it. I always no, thought it was crazy. Why didn't she flip earlier? Yeah. She heard her friend talking about zombies and that her children had gone dark after she knew that Charles died after he had gone dark. And she didn't think anything of it. It's true. No. Uh-uh. I don't yeah. like that. I don't like that business, Melanie Gibb. Pull it together, Gibb. All right. Let's go to B-roll. I didn't have a ton of B-roll. I didn't either. Not a lot of new B-roll that we haven't seen we before. We got that old B-roll with Colby when he dyed his hair bleach blonde and had that yes. swoosh Nike shirt on. And there's one shot of Melanie just looking out at nothing. And I was like, oh, nothing. Melanie, we just need to know what's going on with you. Yeah, um, I have problems with both Melanie's. One more you, than the other. Obviously, the niece I have a bigger problem with. Yeah. I have a, the opposite of Melanie's, which is Kay and Larry walking yeah, together in the park. Carrie, Kay and Larry are fantastic people. Yeah. Love. Just to jump really quick to Fashion Police. Oh, wait. Kay. Cindy oh. pointed out that there was B-roll bonanza of a store, and the outside of the store has a sign that says, Our button downs have attitude. It looks like one of those cool thrift stores that you used to shop, work at. Our button you know, downs have attitude. Okay. If I was to tell you, Hey, I got a button down with attitude, what would you think it looked like? <laughs> 
No, just give me a just what what like comes the into one your brain. that Keith is wearing or the one that Lester's wearing with the vest. No, that's not a button down with attitude. I would think like a button one down, that you're wearing with a bolo tie or something. I saw one where the collar is two hands doing this. Oh, like it's you two have one with hands. cats okay. on it. The collar. I has do. Cats I also have on one it. with spiders. Ironic. Yeah, and then I have one with two women's faces looking at each other. But that to me is a button down with an attitude, yeah. something with a sassy button. Yeah. Or where the collar is something that it's not supposed to be. I like that cat one that you have. It's cute. Do you want one? You know no. it's a dicky, right? No. You just tuck it into the top of your shirt like this. No. I'm already so sweaty. I don't need any collars. Okay, mm. go to Fashion Police. Fashion Police, I just want to compliment Kay. I know she doesn't listen, but in case she does listen, Kay, JJ's grandma, is such a great dresser yeah for just life but also for dateline yeah she chooses outfits and colors Mm -hmm. that really work with her she really knows how to accessorize with her jewelry it's always like a little bit special but not where you're staring at it you know yeah she just has a really good sense of style i liked how casually they were dressed at the trial she's wearing a tie-dye dress and larry's wearing a canadian tuxedo i loved it i love it it's it's just them they can do it they can totally do it I like them both, but it takes a little bit of panache to pull that stuff off. Yeah. So you know that Kay's got a little, yeah. she's got some style in her back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And Larry too. Yeah. But I didn't have any other, I didn't have Fashion Police because I feel like we've covered all of Lori's. Yeah. But I did hear something funny. She, do you remember in court, I think it might be the first hearing when she has her hair down and it's here, I'll show you. It's down and it's curly sort of on the side. And then she has just the very middle part clipped yeah. up like this. Uh-huh. I heard someone call it a Shih Tzu. <laughs> it does. It's like a Shih Tzu. But that's exactly what they do yeah. with those dogs' hairs. Uh-huh. And I was like, I am forever going to think whenever I see someone's hair like that, yeah. that that's what it is. It's because like a flat bump it, it. It's like a bump it, but with no bump in it. It's front bump. Yeah. But like the mini bump. I know. But it's, it's, no, very it's that dog now. style. It's a full dog hairstyle. I think technically it's just called a top pony. But you're never going to be able to unsee it yeah. now, though, it's if a, you see it's someone a with, with hair like yeah. that. Also, how, do we figure out how she's curling her hair in prison? Is it pencils? Is it rags? It's rags, right? It must be rags. Yeah. It's definitely not those cool curlers from Kitsch. Kitsch. No. Absolutely not. All right. Do you have titles? I have. No. I just have no defense. No defense. There's no there defense. is no defense for this. You're totally right. Did you do four murders and a wedding last time? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I wrote it down. Cult of prisonality. Okay, nice. Self-sealing jail cell. (laughs) And then did you notice that fire loin is very close to forlorn? I tried to get somewhere with that. But it's loin fire. Okay, so forlorn, lorn fire. Forlorn, forloin fire. Forlorn fire. (laughs) And then probably the most important is just the eye of the storm. Eye of the storm. Throw up. Gross. I really magic didn't hand. need to know. Why do you keep saying magic? I'm already, the storm is already bad. And then you're just making it worse by keep saying magic Nate hand. made it worse. Nate's the one who told America about it. Nate, I really liked you. <laughs> and now I'm not sure. Ooh, that was another good one. Sorry that I forgot that the witness Alice and husband Todd. So what Alice said is that the when she knew that Tylee was gone, was no longer with us, is she was having a conversation with Chad, who had just said out of the blue, by the way, sorry, when Lori came over that seven days after Tammy died, 
she was like, oh, yeah, Lori's husband passed away a few months back. He had a heart attack. They lied about how. Uh, of course. Uh-huh. Well, of course. She told his kids he had a heart attack. Yeah, heart attack was a big she one for Charles, her. She told Charles, his kids, he had a, your dad had a heart attack. And so Chad lies and says that with Lori there. He goes, and then she says, oh, and also she just lost her daughter. <gasps> so said mm-hmm. that Tylee was dead. And this is seven days after Tammy died. So this is before yeah. anybody knew anything. And she said, Lori said nothing. Yeah. I bet you Chad got in trouble later for that. I'm sure. And Lori was like, why did you why say did that? You, I'm supposed to not know anything. But later, Alice had a phone call with Chad and said, well, where's Tylee? What happened to Tylee? And Chad's answer to Alice was, Tylee didn't like people and Tylee didn't like me. Oh. And she said that she started crying and then ended the phone call. And not because of what he said, but because he said didn't. Yeah. Instead of doesn't. It's not that she doesn't like me. It's yeah. that she didn't like me. Ugh. And so she knew that she was gone. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was so good. I was like, ooh, and what do you mean you don't like people? Yeah. Because she was a teenager. That is a wild I thing. I didn't like also, people when I was a teenager. I still don't like people. That doesn't I mean I'm a zombie. People. Well, I'm a misanthrope. Um, so Audrey also says that one that I wasn't believing on the stand, there was some sort of thing about her speaking to Chad in prison on the phones. Audrey is Chad's intended. She, oh man, she wants that big toe. She wants that storm. She wants to be in the eye of the storm. She wants to be a storm chaser. It's so gross. She wants I'm to be Elena. Ugh. Okay. So everyone, follow us. Follow us on social media. Take that with- magic hand of yours and use it to hit subscribe and to Ooh, share with a it. friend. And this- follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Date Dateline. This might be our last Lori Vallow until next year. Yeah. So. And follow us on our YouTube channel at A Date with K and K. Because we do Yellow Jackets live on Sunday nights. It's really fun. Yes. And it's Sunday almost nights, over. I know. 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. Join us. And it is almost over. It's ramping up. Yeah. And if you are on our Patreon or Supercast at the $10 level, you get to join us for our monthly live streams and where we discuss something fun, a true crime story or something. And Always. we will be doing that this Sunday. Probably 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST. But check your emails. And something fun is coming in June. And something fun is very much coming in June that we hope you like that we're excited about. Yeah. All right, storm chasers. Stay dry out there. (laughs) Gross. Cover up. Ah, nothing works. We have to stop. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. By the way, speaking of which, I was very close to buying you an official court document filing of Rudolph Murdoch, who I know you're very interested in. He's yeah. like the great granddaddy. Yeah, who in I an antique store in Savannah in a glass case. There was this court filing by him, and I was like, I just want her to have it, but I don't no, want to pay for it. I don't it. need more things. Stop but I buying also me thought things. It might be haunted. Yeah, it's for sure haunted. For sure, I don't want right? anything of that family in this house. Are you kidding me? I just I fall to, enough just on my own. I wanted to look at it, but I didn't want to touch it. 
Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be giving you haunted gifts. I'm sorry. Don't give me haunted gifts. Mm -hmm. Sorry, isn't Alice Todd, Somebody and Somebody, a movie about swingers? Yeah. Do you know what I'm Uh talking about? It's something and something and something and something. But I think it's Alice and Todd are two of those names. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, that it's like from the, the 70s, 70s or 80s, right? Yeah. I remember the box art, like seeing it at Blockbuster. I remember it from I Heart the 80s or I Heart the 70s on VH1. Oh my VH1. God, that is how I know it. Yeah. That is we how I know We used to watch that show all the time. We have too much information that is remembered from No, those. I think it's good because most people, they don't know stuff from before their time. But we know a lot of stuff from before our time because From of that, that show. stupid series. Yeah. And Michael Ian Black was so funny. So funny. Okay. And how So sparks. funny. Yeah. 